This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Let's open the service in prayer or the message part in prayer tonight. And as you are standing once again, I want to thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for this great privilege and honor to be allowed to share the Word of God with you this weekend. I pray for them. Please pray for them. They are awesome spiritual parents who are always teaching us the truth of God's Word, helping us to run our race to the full. Amen. So won't you bow your heads and let us pray this evening. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for another great day. Thank you for blessing us, Lord. And as we come together as your family, we remind ourselves that without you, we can do nothing. And so we invite you to have your way in this service here this evening. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. And so I invite you to come and speak through me. I do not trust in my ability at all, but totally depend upon you to have your way and speak through me. Lord, my prayer for every person here this evening is that their ear is open to hear, their heart is ready to receive, and their lives will change as a result of your word. And this evening we give you alone always the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you may be seated, family. And as always, I encourage you to use the church app. Follow on the notes. It's a great place to take down notes. If you don't have it, download it. It's an awesome app, and uh, the notes are always on there for every service that we do. Praise God. Well, family, the title of my message this evening is... How do I really feel about myself? How do I really feel about myself? Not what I want people to think I feel. Or how, well, not how I want people to believe uh, uh, how I feel. How do you really feel? There are times in our life where sometimes we don't feel great. Amen? I mean, many of us have gone through times in our life where we haven't felt good enough. Let's just be honest. Can we be real tonight? There are times when we've been through life, we don't feel good enough. There are times when we don't feel ready for the position that we're about to take up, or whatever it might be. We might not feel that we're good enough, perhaps, for the friends we might have, or whatever the case is. So we've got to be honest with ourselves and know, how do I really feel? And so tonight, we're going to have a look at that, and we're going to answer how we should view that as believers and as children of God. And this morning, for those of you that, for whatever reason, couldn't make it this morning or last night, I taught a message which was titled, What Makes You? What makes you? And simply, what makes us is our choices. Our choices is what makes us. At the end of the day, the choices we make and the decisions we make is really what sculpts our life and makes us. And I just want to read an extract of that message. This is not a part two, but I want to read the extract of that because our choices also define how we feel about ourselves. So listen to this out of John Maxwell's book, and he says this, perhaps our greatest power in life is the power to choose. Without question, choices are the most determining factor in how our lives turn out. And that is just the truth. You and I are today, we, where we are in our life today is as a result of every choice we've made. The fact that you in church tonight is a choice you made. Well done, good choice, awesome. But our life is really where we stand, it's a result of the choices we've made. He goes on and speaks about a quote that the legendary baseball coach John Wooden would say, and this is what John Wooden said. He says, there is a choice you have to make in everything you do. So keep in mind that in the end, the choice you make makes you. And that's true. Every choice we make determines where we go. Every decision I make in my life determines my next step. Isn't that right? 
If I choose to read the Bible, I can learn more about God. If I choose not to, I learn less about Him, right? If I choose to, uh, to, to, if I want to have friends, I have to be a friend. Isn't that right? If you want friends, you have to be a friend. It's a choice you have to make. So your life is a culmination of choices you've made, and they result in different outcomes. John Maxwell goes on to say that some people make their lives difficult by making wrong choices. Others move through life easier because of the good choices they have made. Regardless of which road a person takes, I know this. We don't, get, we don't always get what we want, but we do always get what we choose. And that is a, some sobering thought for us to remember. Now, with that as a basis, we've got to make some choices. If we want to change the way we feel, if we're concerned about the things that we're going through and how we feel, we've got to make some choices to change that. You're not just going to change on your own. Isn't that right? You're never just going to change on your own. If man could change by themselves, we wouldn't need Jesus. If every person who had a challenge could just overcome it on their own, we wouldn't need other people. We would just get along life. But we need each other. It's not possible for you to find freedom in life alone. You need people to help you to walk in victory. That's just how God made it. So tonight I want to encourage you to make the choice to decide, I want to know God better. I really want to know Him better. I want to walk a closer walk with Him. I want to truly be free in my walk with God. I want to deal with my yesterdays and the challenges. It's a choice to say I want to deal with those things. Every one of us here tonight must choose to know why are you here. Why has God put you on this planet? You are not here by accident. We'll look at that a little bit later on in the message. But you need to know why you're here. There's a reason that you're on this planet. So we need to discover our purpose and obviously, most importantly, we need to choose to make a difference in this world. Because some people just go through life not really being concerned how things turn out. God has not made you for that. He wants you to have an impact. He wants you to change the lives of those around you. As we read through the Bible, and specifically if you start reading in the book of Genesis chapter 1, you'll see that God creates everything that we have. He speaks light be and light was. And I'm sure you've all read Genesis 1 in your life some point how God created the earth. And the amazing thing is as he goes along and he's creating the different things, as you read through Genesis, you'll see that he makes this statement that it was good. And then he creates and he says, and it was good. Have you read that in Genesis? And he goes on and says this. But here's a very interesting thing. From verse 26, God creates man. The Bible says he creates man. And as we read after that, for the very first time, we read him, we read him making this statement that it is very good. Everything was good, but the minute man was on the scene, it became very good. Doesn't that tell you something about you? How God views you? So let's read that in Genesis 1 verse 31. Just the first portion of the verse, and it says this. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. Why is that important for tonight's message? Because in order for you to know how you really feel, you need to know how God sees you. And you are very good. You are a very good family. When God was creating mankind, and when he was creating you, he didn't just sit up there in heaven and say, okay, let's just check what we can do, guys. Let's just slap some ears on this thing, see how it looks, stick a nose somewhere. You know, let's just, let's see what, let's see what this guy does. Maybe they'll work out, maybe they won't. Do you think God did that? I mean, he wasn't just like throwing sort of numbers in a hat and pulling out, say, okay, let's stick a nose here. Maybe toes should go there. No, you're a specific design, Amen. 
When God made you, He put purpose and effort into it. He didn't just do it haphazardly. You're not a mistake. You're no mistake. You see, family, we need to understand that life begins at conception. When you were conceived, that's when your life began. I know some of the pro-choice people like to argue that, and they've got some weird ideas. But the bottom line is, is that life begins at conception. And this is important for all of us to know. The minute life begins, the minute life begins, even if a child was conceived under the wrong circumstances, even that, God gave that child a purpose. And you need to understand that because I don't know where you're at tonight and I don't know where your life is and where you've come from, but listen to me. Even if a child was conceived under the wrong circumstances, God birthed a purpose in that child from the minute conception took place. It might not be in God's plan the way you were conceived, but let me tell you, you are of Him. You are of God. Life comes from heaven. That's where it comes from. God gives us life. And family, this is important for all of us to know, that God knew the very specific purpose you were born to fulfill. He put that in your DNA. From the moment you were born, He put that in there. So he provided all the gifts you needed, including the environment required to put it all together. Then he looked at you and said, very good. That's what he did. He looked at you and said, very good. Can you say that too? Can you say that about yourself? It's important that you can. Let's say that tonight. Say this with me. I am very good. You're not just good. You're very good. I mean, you need to believe that. Why? Why is it so important that you believe that you are very good, family? Because others will treat you according to how you treat yourself. If you don't put value on who you are, who will? God has created you with a purpose. You see, this is not pride. It's just a healthy self-esteem based on God's opinion of you as revealed in His Word. That's really what it is. When you have it, it affects every area of your life. The truth be told, it really determines how far you'll go in life. If you will choose to believe everything this says about you, I can promise you there's no limit to what you can achieve. The gifting that God has placed in you, that purpose that He's placed in you, if you will choose to believe it, I can promise you, you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You will hear those words. So, that brings us to this question tonight. So, I want to ask you to stop and now ask yourself, how do you really feel about yourself? How do I really feel about me? How do I feel about myself? Before you answer, before you take a moment to answer, we're going to look at 10 principles tonight. And we're going to go through these 10 principles. And after this, once we have gone through them, I want to encourage you to keep these 10 principles before you every day. And why is that important? Because there are going to be people who will come across your path who are not going to agree with you. There are going to be people who might not believe in you. There might even be people who are going to talk down at you. And you've got to know who you are. You're not going to accept their opinion. Amen? You're going to stand on what God says. So we're going to start off this evening, are you ready, with principle number one. And if you've got your notes on the church app, it will be so much easier to follow. So number one is this. Never think or speak negatively about yourself. Why? That puts you in disagreement with God. Never think or speak negatively about yourself. 
because that puts you in disagreement with God. God is not shouting from heaven how useless you are. So if he's telling you how good you are and you're saying how bad you are, do you understand there's a problem? Okay? So you can't do that. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 from the Amplified says this, But you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfection of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light family. You've got to see yourself as this. Don't speak negatively. You've got to know God has chosen you. He calls you a special person. The Bible says there he purchased you. Do you know that God gave the best heaven had for you? The best. The best. He could have said, well, you know, maybe they're worth like a little angel here, or maybe we'll just take one little golden brick out of the paving here in heaven. He gave the best heaven had because you are worth it. You don't pay more for something than what it's worth, right? If I put a can of Coke here and I said to you, Pastor Sean, can you give me a million rand for this can of Coke? You'd say, it's not worth it. It's not worth a million rand. I don't know what a can of Coke costs. Maybe it's 10, 15 rand. Maybe that's a fair price. But for God to say, I'm giving you the best I have, that must tell you what you're worth in his eyes. So never speak negatively about yourself because that puts you in disagreement with God. Number two, meditate on your God-given strengths. Meditate on your God-given strengths. And also learn to encourage yourself for a lot of the time, nobody else will. A lot of the time, many people have walked a lonely road. They haven't been there to be their cheerleaders. People haven't been around to be their cheerleaders. You see, you need to know that you have been given God-given strengths. Look at Matthew 25, 15 from the Rutherham translation. It says this, And to one, indeed, gave he five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to each according to his particular ability. God has given you something that is unique to you. That's what he's given you. Now the Bible says he gave talents according to those people's particular ability. And God has given you strengths that you need. There are certain strengths that you need to fulfill what God has destined you to fulfill. And it's important for us to learn that not everybody's going to agree with us, so I need to encourage myself in the Lord. Excuse me, David did that. We know in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6 it says, And David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. You and I need to make sure that we are daily in the Word of God. Daily praying because that's where you're going to draw your strength from. That's where you're going to get your encouragement from. How many of you have ever been down a road in your life and there haven't been people there to support you? I'm sure many of us have. God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's the one who's always by your side. Encourage yourself in that daily. Number three, don't compare yourself to anyone else. Let me say that again. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. You're unique, one of a kind. You're an original. So don't settle for being a copy. Remember, God is a creator, not a duplicator. He's a creator, not a duplicator. You are one of a kind, all right? 
You've got unique fingerprints. You've got unique eyes. You've got unique DNA. There's nobody like you. Nobody like you. You are unique. Understand that. Don't, you were born an original, don't die a copy. Isn't that true? Come on, family. So many of us want to be, oh, I want to be like that one. Oh, I want to be like that one. Just be you. God's made you special. You're great the way you are. You are very good. Just be you. Don't, don't compare yourself. I find it, it, is, it is so sad that people compare themselves. Well, that one's better than me. No, they're not better. They're different. They're not better. They're just different. Run your own race. Listen, family, the day will come when we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus alone. We're going to stand before him alone. And he just wants to know, did you run your race? It's your race. It's your finish line. You're not running against anybody else. Amen? So please don't compare yourself to anybody else. You see, the Bible says in, um, in Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14, it says this. For you fashioned my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Listen to verse 14. I thank you because I am awesomely made, wonderfully. Your works are wonders. I know this very well. You are awesomely and wonderfully made. Remember what I said in the beginning. God just didn't slap some ears on someone and think, let's just see how this thing turns out. He took time. He's made you for a purpose. You are the way you are for a purpose. Understand that. Number four, focus on your potential, not your limitations. Focus on your potential, not your limitations. Remember, God lives in you. You see, the Bible says in Romans 12, 6, that God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. You must focus on the certain that's in your life to do well, not on all the other things. You know, too many times people want to spend hours and hours on their weakness. It's the wrong way to go about it. You must focus time on your strengths. There was a very well-known uh, uh, table tennis, Olympic table tennis coach. He was an Olympic table tennis coach. And he was interviewed one day, and the interviewer said to him, so tell me, coach, what do you do about your players' weaknesses? And his answer was nothing. I focus on their strengths. I focus on their strengths. Now, as many of you know, I enjoy sport. I'm quite a uh, sport fan, specifically sports like cricket. Have you noticed they don't try and make the best bowler the best batsman? And they don't try and make the best batsman the best bowler because that's not their strength. They spend hours cultivating the strength so that they can be the best bowler or the best batsman or whatever the case is. That's what they do. But too many times people spend hours and say, oh, I'm not good enough at this. I've got to get better at this. And you miss putting the time into what your strength is. Be the best at what God has given you. Romans gives you a clue. God has given us the ability to do certain, not all, things well. Find the certain and do it well. You see... Um, when we do that, then point number five is important. Find what you like to do, the thing you do well, and strive to do it with excellence. Strive to do that thing with excellence. Focus on that one area of your life. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine says this, Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. That scripture refers to being promoted. Not anybody gets to stand in front of a king, right? But if I excel in the very thing that I do, it's going to cause me to be promoted. 
It's going to move me up in life. So I want to encourage you, find out what it is that God's gifted you to do. If you're not sure, once again, as I said this morning, we can help you. Come to the church. Get on growth track. Get on our Bible college. Get involved in a group. You will start figuring out what your gift and talent is. God will help you. And then you can run at that thing as hard as you can to be successful in it. Amen? Number six. I love this one. Have the courage to be different. Have the courage to be different. Be a God pleaser, not a people pleaser. You know, I just, I just love people. <laughs> I love people. I love looking at people. They're all so different. Some just dress just so, you know, out there. That's awesome. Just be who you are. You know, I, I don't like it when people try and say, well, you know, you, you, know you, you, must, you must change the way you look. That's just not, people are just not going to accept that. Just listen, if you want to wear bright clothes, then wear bright clothes. If you want your hair to be pink, blue, or yellow, well, that's you. Just be that way. God is not interested in the outward family. He's after the heart. Ask David. You know the story about David when the prophet came to the house and, the, and, and, and all, all David's brothers were there? And, 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 and the prophet looked at Eliab, the oldest son, the biggest guy, and he said, surely this must be the one. And God said to, David, to the prophet, man looks at the outward appearance of man, but I look at the heart. Just be who you are. Don't let people conform you to who they want you to be. Be who you are. Please God by being unique in the way that you are. And that's why sometimes when my wife and I are just out having a cup of coffee, sitting at the mall, I love to watch people just walking around. It's so awesome just to see how different they are. Isn't that great? God's made us that way. He's made you unique. Just be who you are. And Galatians 1.10, this is what Paul said. Paul said, obviously, I'm not trying to be a people pleaser. No, I'm trying to please God. If I were trying to please people, I would not be Christ's servant. Have you ever thought that just perhaps God made you the way you are for the purpose of reaching a people no one else can reach. Have you thought of that, perhaps? You know, sometimes we look at people and, you know, the world likes to box people. Oh, they that type. And they that type. But the truth be told, God made you the way that you are so you can reach that type of people that I can't reach. I'm never going to dye my hair blue. <laughs> okay? It's not going to happen. But the point is, is the people that are extravagant... And the people that are just that way in life, they're going to reach those people. But I'm not. Remember, it's all about souls, family. At the end, it's all about souls. And God has made us for the purpose of reaching other people. You are unique for the purpose of making a difference in the lives of others. Number seven, learn to handle criticism. Ouch. Learn to handle criticism. Let it develop you instead of discourage you. Listen, family, people are not always going to say what you want them to hear, but maybe we can just say this. Okay, that is a bit aina, but maybe there's something I need to learn from this. Listen to this. It's a scripture. Proverbs 25, 12. New Living says this. Valid criticism is as treasured by the one who heeds it as jewelry made from finest gold. So if somebody's got something to say about you, don't let it work you up. If it's not true, don't worry about it. But if there is some truth, we need to take stock and say, okay, Lord, this is a bit of a hard pill to swallow, but I'm going to do something about it. Amen? So that's important. Number eight, 
Determine your own worth instead of letting others do it for you. If you do, they will shortchange you. Nobody will see the value in you that you know is in yourself other than the Lord Jesus. Amen? So don't let others determine um, what your worth is. Remember this, Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. You know what's so amazing, amazing about the creation story? And uh, for those of us who've, who've watched different documentaries, there's the most amazing things that God has created. I mean, if you've looked at the amazing creatures he's created, the animals, the amazing uh, 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 landscapes, those, just those awesome big waterfalls, the stars he's put into the, star, into the sky, the power of the sun. He's created all those things, right? But none of them are created in his image and likeness. Only you. That's got to tell you something. That's got to, I mean, we look at those things, and I'm sure you've seen those amazing videos and photos of those awesome tigers and leopards and just amazing creatures. But none of them are created in his image. But you are. That's got to tell you about who you are. Number nine. Keep your shortcomings in perspective. You're still a work in progress. We are ever growing, ever learning. Ever growing, ever learning. In fact, we should buy the little hat that says still under construction. <laughs> okay, we need to wear that. I love this scripture over here. It says in Proverbs 24, 16, it says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. Yes, we are a work in progress. Yes, we make mistakes, but hey, we're getting up and we're going forward. I love Philippians 1 verse 6 from the Amplified. It says this, And I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue. So there's a progress there, right? Will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. So don't let your shortcomings upset you. Just recognize I'm growing. I'm going to get there. I will get better. God is with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. You will get there. Don't let them pull you down. Just remind yourself, I'm getting there. And then number 10. Focus daily on your greatest source of confidence. Focus daily on your greatest source of confidence. That is the God who lives in you. Every day, spend time with the Lord. Never let a day go by that you haven't spent time with God. Amen. Romans 8.11 from the Message Translation says this. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. And when, sorry, when God lives and breathes in you, and he does, as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from the dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. What an awesome scripture. Amen. And so we need to, every day, draw our confidence from God, family. Every day, spend time with God. I've said this to people many times. I fight for my time with the Lord. I don't let anything steal my time with God in the morning because I know 
That is my source of life. That is my source of strength every day. doesn't matter how late I go to bed at night. In the morning, I make sure I'm up to spend time with God, even when I feel tired. Even when I feel tired. Because I know that without Him, I can do nothing. So I want to encourage you with that. So going back to our opening question, how do I really feel about myself? Remember, take these 10 principles. Keep them in front of you daily so that you can know who you are in Christ, that God has made you the way He's made you for a purpose. Don't let other people determine your course of life, but let God do that. Amen? Always answer um, uh, these questions or your question in light of these 10 principles. And every day, if you need the encouragement, read them. Go through them. Remind yourself who you are in Christ. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, family, I'd like to ask you to stand with me this evening. You know, many people, many, many people, all of us, in fact, myself included, at some point in our life, we never felt good enough. At some point in our life, we had question marks about who we really are and what we need to do. And I want to tell you that, that God sees you as a winner and a champion. And we're not going to allow the devil to lie to us, amen? And we're going to deal with that. So I want us to pray a prayer. I want to pray for you this evening. And I'm going to ask the Lord just to Let his anointing come down and touch us. You see, the Bible says that the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. And we're going to break the lie of the enemy. There are many people here tonight, and I don't know your challenge or your situation. I don't know what you're feeling right now. But what I do know, friend, is God loves you. And I know that he has a purpose for your life. I know that without a shadow of a doubt. And he doesn't want the the, the lie of the enemy to hold you back. He doesn't want the lie of the devil to prevent you from stepping into what God has for you. He doesn't want that. Too many people are driving forward, but their eyes are on the rearview mirror. And the devil will always remind you of your past so they can rob you of your future. So we're going to deal with that. We're going to ask you, if God, to, to come down and touch every person here this evening for his anointing. So I want you to raise your hands. Just close your eyes. Just raise your hands to heaven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, mighty God. Precious Lord. I want to thank you for every one of your children. I know, Lord God, you love them so much that you gave your life for them. And Lord, it is definitely, definitely not your plan that people should go through life being held back by the lie of the enemy. And so, Father, I'm asking for your anointing to come down upon every person. That yoke-destroying anointing, that anointing that sets every captive free, the presence of God to just Fill every person with your joy. Right now, I thank you for your anointing that comes down upon every person. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Praise you. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for changing lives. In Jesus' name. Just say, I receive the presence of God upon my life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you for healing every heart. Thank you for restoration. Father, I ask right now, in this, your awesome presence, to just encourage some that may feel lost. 
to give some direction who are crying out to you for their next step. I pray that your peace would flood their heart, that they would know for sure that you are with them. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. God is good, family. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.